Hey, business building warrior, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your host, Jim Cockrum, and we've got another guest episode today for you. These are always very popular. We try to do a couple of these a week where we bring in a student from our proven Amazon course training and they tell their story what's working, what challenges they're facing, what triumphs they've experienced. Just pull back the curtain on their business and share their story. Today, we're going to be spending some time with Jason. He's just recently hit his first $10,000 rolling 30 days. He's going to jump into how he finds his inventory, what he's selling, what mistakes he's made, what big mistake he almost made, which is he almost accidentally stumbled into trying to do a private label brand as his first adventure on Amazon. If you've heard us talk about that around here before, you'll know that is a huge mistake that ends in disaster about 95% of the time. Do not try to launch a new product on Amazon if you've never succeeded on Amazon before. Huge mistake waiting to happen. So he avoided that thanks to this podcast and some things he learned along the way. He'll share those details with you. He shares his net margins, all his numbers, so you can really dive into this business he's built. His goal, he shared with me offline, is to, as soon as possible, get to the $75,000 a month sales mark so his wife has the option to come home if she chooses to do so. That's their goal, which is a great goal. We're super excited to help him get there. And I think he's on his way. As you'll hear him say, he's just four months into his journey. In the first two months, he wasn't using our content and resources. So just in the past two and a half months or so, he's been applying what he's learned from the Proven Amazon course, the training that you hear over and over and over again on these podcast episodes, and his business is ramping up fast. He's finding great replens, which is inventory that can be easily sourced on a repeat basis. When something sells, you go get a little bit more of it, and you keep finding this underserved shelf space at Amazon, which is what we teach you how to find in our proven Amazon course training, specifically for the replens model. Now, if I haven't explained it to you in a while, the Proven Amazon course is a library of content, everything from people who have no clue about selling online. They've never done anything in e-commerce before. They've never had any success before. They're intimidated by e-commerce even. We've got content for you. All the way up to people who have built successful, significant businesses. Maybe they even have a team, but they're looking to expand and grow. We've got very advanced content as well. Think of the Proven Amazon course as a library of all the content for all the different business models using Amazon creatively. And the content grows with you as your business grows. You're learning what you need as you need it. You've heard us say around here before, we want you earning money while you learn. That's how you know you're doing it right. You're putting money in the bank. That's certainly what our guest today has been doing. And he shares with you all the details of that. He's also planning to come to the Proven Conference in July. He and his wife will be there They're going to be joining, at this point, we've got about 500 people registered, which is pretty awesome. The number is expected to grow a little bit. We may actually have to end up cutting it off if we get many more people at this point, because that's how many will fit in our big ballroom once we get it set up. But we'd love to see you there. We do still have tickets as I'm recording this. Theprovenconference.com is the website, July 6th through 8th in Columbus, Ohio. Come join hundreds of students who listen to this podcast, dozens of which you've heard on this podcast, our most successful students, a whole bunch of our coaches. We have about 60 coaches. Most of them will be at the event this year with us as well, training over 40 breakout sessions for all levels of e-commerce and Amazon experience. All kinds of new creative ideas being launched this year as well. 
something we talk about on the show today, our new bot sourcing strategies. Those are going to be talked about a lot at the conference. That's launching very soon at provenbotsourcing.com. Go get on the waiting list. It may have launched already by the time this episode airs, actually. So go check it out. Some great early bird discounts there on that brand new sourcing strategy that's coming. But all kinds of topics, I'm not going to dive into those. You can go to the website, theprovenconference.com and see all the stuff we're talking about there. Like I said, our guest today and his wife are coming. We even spent some time discussing today. Maybe this is you. Do you have a spouse who's not really into e-commerce, but you are? Bring that spouse to the conference. They can come to our main morning sessions. They don't need to register to attend those. They can attend my wife's breakout sessions. She talks about what it's like to live in an e-commerce entrepreneurial household and navigate business, life, and family matters under the same roof all day, every day. And they have a good time. I think they spend a lot of time making fun of some of us e-commerce entrepreneurs, but they always have a great time. Great relationships are built. So bring your non-entrepreneurial, non-business-minded spouse if you got one. Or if they're business-minded, well, yeah, they have to come. So either way, bring your family. Let's all hang out. If you have questions about the conference, you can contact our support team. There's a link, as always, at silentzoom.com to our support, to our coaching, to the Proven Amazon course, and to our free Facebook group. Great resources, including links to all of our past podcast episodes too, all at silentzoom.com. All right, let's get in and hear Jason's story today. Hey, he's been on eBay longer than I have, but he didn't do anything with it for 20 years. I got on eBay about 1999. He got on there about 1998. Isn't that amazing? But he didn't do anything with it. He's just pursued his career until recently. He jumped in, started his Amazon replens business using the proven Amazon course training, and you'll hear for yourself how it's going. Enjoy this episode. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Let's get into the interview. So Jason, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio, my friend. Good to see you. I'm blessed, man. You ready to get into your story? Absolutely. Let's yeah. do it. I had a couple of days to think about it and make some notes here. So uh, before we started, obviously, we talked about the way back beginning of, of eBay. So my eBay account is one of the originals, probably one of my first accounts on the internet from 1998. Uh, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. I, I did a little bit of selling on it back then, but nothing crazy. I was 16 years old and selling random things here and there. That was back when you also... Uh, you could go to, let's see, I lived in Charlottesville, Virginia, and in one of the strip malls, there was a store where you could bring your stuff and they would list it and, yeah. you know, and pack it and ship it and do all that. And of yeah. course, take most of the profit. Uh, right. So, well, but, you notice those stores aren't really around anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, do, you I, know, I, do you know what shut them down? I've talked to a good handful of yeah. owners because it seems like a lucrative model. People bring in their stuff and it's all consignment and you keep a piece of everything that sells, right? Yeah. What shuts them all down is that people come in and they want to talk for endless hours about their junk. (laughs) (laughs) And no one makes any money talking to old Uncle Eddie about this big old basket of junk he brought in. And you don't want to hurt his feelings, right? Like those kind of, it just really drags your whole system down. People just dragging their junk in because a lot of the stuff that shows up in those places is just trash. I imagine Uncle Eddie probably also overvalues his box of junk. Oh, he always does. He doesn't yeah. get once out of it. And- yeah. If I can't get at least a thousand bucks out of this, no deal, man. You're like, yeah. you should take this all straight to the dumpster, buddy, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. Like, yeah. that's really the model just kind of attracts those people out of the woodwork and it's hard to sift through all of it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, guess- that was your start. 
as with me, you know, for those who don't, or listeners don't know, I started on eBay probably about a year after you did. And I know you guys still do quite a bit on eBay. I remember. Oh yeah, we do. We did it. My, I was looking at our statistics. We did about 60,000 in the last 90 days. Wow. In sales. Yeah. That's substantial. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good piece of the pie for us. I hope to be there on Amazon one day soon. So I guess fast forward a couple of years to like 2004, 2005, I, I had a boss at work who was going through a divorce and they wanted to, he wanted to sell a bunch of stuff and he didn't want to go drag it all down to the shopping center and sell it through the store. So I came over to the house, took a bunch of pictures and I did all of his listings on eBay. And then I made, you know, 20% or something like that. It was, you know, for a 19, 20 year old, it was a good bit of money back then, you know, between then and now I've done nothing in e-commerce. It's all been my full-time job. I've focused on my volunteer fire department. I've been there for 21 years, 22 years. Hold on. 21 years this June. Yeah. Here we are, spring 2023. So you took a 20, almost a 20-year break from e-commerce. <laughs> I, I, guess, I don't really think I ever started. Right. You know, I guess it was the dabblings back then. And it was, it was the cool new thing. And, you know, let me dip my mm-hmm. toe in it. And I just never, never, you know, really got into it. And so I guess I'll give you a bit more of a timeline. It's not e-commerce related, but so the pandemic started in what February, March of 2020. Mm-hmm. And so I got partially laid off at work and I was, so not only partially laid off, but the rest of the time I was working from home. So I was bored and I was, YouTube is there and I ended up watching dozens of videos on vending machines. So I went out and bought a couple of vending machines from a guy that had them in the storage unit and from there, I started a vending machine business. And so to this day, I've got about 35 machines. And that's that's the money I made vending is what a couple of years later, I've now used to build the Amazon business. So that was my initial capital. That's great. Well, I, I actually had a route that I sold. It was a little side gig for me. It's been a long time. It's been 20 years plus ago. Sold it to a good pastor friend of ours and his kid, and they worked it for years and had fun as a dad-son business. But I built it up to about about 30 machines, and it was the maintenance that killed me. Business owners calling me going, hey, it's jammed. Get over here now or get this thing out of me, out of my business at six o'clock on a Friday evening. You know, like, oh, man, (laughs) that that was the painful part. But this is a cash machine. And actually... A little history, you probably don't know this, most listeners today might not, although I've shared this story, it's been a long time ago, the, the book, Silent Sales Machine, that's the title of the book that sold about a million copies, that's the book that launched this podcast, it, the 11th version is just about ready, keep an eye at silentsalesmachine.com for that, but it's named after that concept that I learned from vending machines, like this quiet little machine that just produces money for you. I wanted to treat the internet that way. I wanted the internet to become this quiet running machine, the silent sales machine. Like, you know, people walking by, dropping in a quarter, and I may never meet those people. I wanted to turn the internet into that, although I'm much more relational in the, my approach to business now than, than what I had ri- originally thought 20 years ago I would be. Yeah. Every customer is a potential lifelong friend now. Uh, but back then, selling random stuff to strangers that you'll never meet, and that just appealed to me. They're happy. The transactions happened. Money's in the account. Silent sales machine. That's where the concept came from, from the vending machines. There's actually a vending machine company that makes, if they're still around, Silent Sales Force was the name of their machines. I just borrowed that, said Silent Sales Machine. 
<laughs> and titled the book. And the community was born from there. So, yeah, I've got a vending background as well. And that's how, to this day, I see the internet as kind of that quiet vending machine that any of us can set up and 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 benefit from. That's the, the stuff that we teach. So, yeah, a little history there. That's cool. I see the connection there between this, you know, the, the machine and the, the machine. Yeah. And even, you know, silentgym.com comes from the success of the silent sales machine book. People are like, why silent? Like the machine runs even while I'm sleeping. Yeah. I've often wondered when I'm filling the vending machines, like, like who, who is my customer? Like who Mm -hmm. I pull out this thing full of quarters or bills, like who put these in here? Yeah. Of the three years of doing it, I've probably only stumbled across somebody actually buying something at one of my machines, maybe a dozen yeah. times. It's almost a little awkward. Like hmm, whenever they do, I always give it my to my customer. Yeah. I'm like, here you go on the house, you know, thanks for your business. I just yeah. you know, handful that way. And I have one of my locations that they know whenever I show up, they all line up at the machine because they're going to get a free, a get free, some freebies. Yeah. Get some freebies. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I have good memories of that business, but it was more intense than it sounds. It was, I, I just remember driving around unjamming machines. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all the YouTube videos sell it to you. It's just like the private label. They sell it to you as, you know, the... The dream business. The dream business, the passive mm-hmm. income. But mm-hmm. no, unless all your machines are in like a two-block radius, I mean, you're you're hauling. I mean, I'm hauling sodas around constantly. I've got to meet the Coca-Cola delivery guy and I'm getting pallets of yeah. soda. Then I it's work. It, you yeah. know, some people haven't learned this lesson yet. You have, Jason, that business is work. Someone's got to do the work. If you don't do it yourself, you have to pay someone to do the work. It's Absolutely. risk, it's work, it's sacrifice, it's inconvenience, it's doing the stuff you don't want to do, even though it needs to be done. So you do it anyway. That's what business is. And so people looking for this shiny object, push a few buttons, make a lot of money thing, that stuff. If it works, it's going to work for a few weeks and it's going to be destroyed by you know, everyone looking for the easy gig. Yeah. So that's why I love the Amazon Replan system, which, you know, just to kind of start to pivot in that direction, it's is work for sure, but contrasting it to something like having a vending machine route, for example, you can start to see this machine is something I could turn over to somebody, very flexible, could potentially be a really significant source of income. It's a real business I'm building here and the business fits in my pocket. I can go anywhere. I don't yeah, have to be at a certain place late. at a certain time. I was almost late to this because I was stopping along the way to Sam's Club and Walmart to pick up my, some of my replants. Nice. So, I love it. So they're sitting it. out there, they're out there in the vending van waiting for me. So <laughs> that's great, man. So how how did you discover it? Was it from watching YouTube and seeing the vending machine videos so, that you stumbled into e-commerce again? You know, I, I was jogging my brain last night and taking notes and I traced it back to it was the first week of December of 2022, is when I think just some random video about FBA popped up on my YouTube algorithm. And I was like, that's interesting. So whatever it was, I clicked on it. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't remember who it was or what it was, but um, it led me to a path like a few videos later of like these five, six hour long videos. And I watched them all. I, wa- I probably watched like 40 hours worth of videos and thinking that this is what Amazon FBA is. And it was all about private label. It was uh, all about Jungle Scout. And it was all about at the end of the video, selling the course. And I'm like, I'm not buying a course. It's just not going to happen. I did sign up for Jungle Scout in the beginning. A a good tool. You know, I don't want anyone to think like, you know, there's people who use that tool, but starting with private label as a new seller is disaster 95% of the time. Yeah. And I've um, been around long enough that I can confidently and comfortably throw that statistic out there. 
I made myself familiar with the tool. I I went as far as creating a brand name and actually getting a website, like just a domain name, not actually building a website yet, and poking around on Alibaba and seeing what's out there and how you get product. And then I stumbled across. I don't I don't know where this lead was generated from, uh, but I stumbled across uh, where what was it? Uh, Jimmy's book, Side Hustle. Yeah, the Side Hustle. Yeah, Jimmy Smith. He created yeah. our replants content for the, inside the Proven Amazon course, and yeah, he's got a great book out there, Side Hustle. That's where yeah. I first heard your name because you did the uh, uh, okay forward. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't. I'm actually going to go back and re-listen to that book. I listened through Audible because I've, you know, it's three four months ago, and I forgot a lot of it. So I'd like to listen to it again. But you know, I, I think I started hearing replans like here and there, like on some YouTube videos, and I was like, "What is this? What does this mean?" So then, that's how I stumbled into the book, and then that's how I stumbled into the Facebook group, and that that put the brakes on all the private label stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, I, and then I think I signed up for Pack. I don't remember if it was maybe January, maybe February. I'm like, thirty nine bucks. What am I going to lose mm-hmm. if I don't like it? I'll just cancel and. You know, speaking about that, I, I've been through the Amazon Basics or Amazon One One, whatever it was called. I went through about half of the um, online arbitrage. I started the wholesale one. And then the only ones that I've done completely through are the or first Keepa and then Keepa 2.0. Yeah. Um, I bought the Keepa 2.0 yeah, with, with the discount. And those two, the, the Keepa ones are probably, I've gotten the most value out of them because I, I got all my FBA set up. All the stuff in the Amazon basics, I had already stumbled my way through, through all the YouTube videos that teach you how to set up your account and do this and do that. So that's how I, you know, that's how I stumbled to where I am. Let's see. Yeah. And then I kept seeing the replans, the replans. And that was my goal to get into the pack. I wanted to see, let me see this replans course. What is all this replans about? So it was early December, of course, when I, when I first thought about FB, I didn't know. I thought Amazon just sold you stuff. As most people I talk today, they don't know that. Most of Amazon is third-party people, like right. like us, and yeah. we're providing the product. And you know, I had no idea that I could just go click other sellers and see a list of people that are all selling the same exact product, and maybe some aren't selling the same exact product because maybe they didn't pay attention to the quantity or the multi bundle or something like that. But I had no idea; it blew my mind. I'm like, oh wow, all these random people are. Prime eligible, like how is this working? Are they sending it from the garage? And then I learned about the whole process of shipping into Amazon. So my account got activated. I think it was December 26th. It was like it was like midnight, the day after Christmas. I was online with somebody and doing the face-to-face verification. And it took them less than 24 hours to verify me. And and yeah. my I already had an LLC set up. So it's all that all went pretty quick. So, so this is late 2022, five months ago as we're recording this approximately. Yeah, December, December 2022. Yeah, okay. Late December. And my my first product I sold. Oh, my first product, you guys talk about it all the time. Sell stuff you have around the house. Behind you right here, there, there's a big shelf I have with just some random stuff. And there was a candle. I, I don't mind saying it because it's not a fast seller. And I've got two or three of them in FBA right now and they haven't sold. So I'm going to have to do something with them. But it was a trendy thing like a year ago. It was a... Better Homes and Gardens candle wax warmer. It was like a flickering fireplace thing. Mm-hmm. My wife, my wife had to have one. There's one sitting out in the living room right now. And I'm like, well, if it's trendy, maybe we'll get one. Hang on to it. Maybe we'll work something one day. 
So uh, it was just sitting on the shelf and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to let me just sell that. So Let's list it. Yeah. Slapped it in a bag and I listed it and uh, it cost like $19.98 at Walmart. And there was only one other FBM seller at like 35 bucks. And I was like, let me list it for 45 bucks. And it took like three weeks, but it sold. So that, yeah. and that was the very first item. It sold on January 17th. Pardon the interruption. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I've got to tell you about the sponsor that we have today, Humminbird. H-U-M-N-B-I-R-D. Humminbird.com. There's a link in the show notes. They provide services for all your trademarks, corporate setup, branding, marketing, and tax advising as well. As we enter that time of the year where taxes are on the mind of especially those of us here in the United States, how do you most efficiently handle the challenges of making sure you get all of your deductions, taking care of all your tax concerns, making sure you do it right without paying too much as an e-commerce seller, as an Amazon business building warrior? They've got some incredible services that you should go check out at humminbird.com. That's spelled H-U-M-N-B-I-R-D.com. Let's get back to the program. It took like three weeks, but... It sold. So that, and yeah. that was the very first item. It sold on January 17th. That's fantastic. Well, let me fill in a couple of gaps for the listeners. You said, you know, just sell stuff around the house. We're talking about those first handful of sales, uh, you know, things that are in the box, still in great shape, or you saw them as used possibly. We actually discourage people from selling liquidations, closeouts, bargain bin, pallet kind of stuff on Amazon simply because. At some point, it's inevitable, you're going to be asked to prove that that inventory has a trackable, traceable history back to a valid distributor or valid manufacturer. And you simply can't do that if you're selling yard sales, liquidations, excess inventory sitting around the house. Your first few sales, that's fine. But if you start doing it at bulk, that's actually pretty thin ice upon which to build an Amazon business. And you hear some people swear that, although it's all great, I promise I've been doing it for a long time. And then their account's frozen because they got some IP complaints and they can't prove who handled what, when. And it's when you get big that you should get nervous with that model. If you sell a few things here and there, that's not a big deal, but you can't scale it. But that is a good place to start to learn. Yeah, sell something, sell anything, get something out there and just see what happens. A lot of times people will just grab a few books that they have and list them as used just to get used to the process of sending in some inventory and, and selling something. So yeah, great, great example. I love it. Yeah. So that, um, that's what got me started. That was the first, I, I went and got the, the 30 up labels and I learned how to print on those and learned the hard way that if you print one label, now you got to turn the sheet around and you got to do the whole thing. And now all the ones in the middle are just peel and stick things for me to cover up barcodes. Um, but since I've got a Rolo printer, I actually have two, one for the shipping labels and one for the FNSQ labels. So, yeah. but yeah, so I started getting all that set up. And um, one of my first trips, like shopping trips wise was um, a local, I don't want to call them a liquidation store, but Ollie's, I guess they buy, you know, from, I guess it's liquidation stuff, but it's still, you know, traceable. I get an itemized receipt saying what I bought. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, it, that's one of those gray areas where you're probably okay, but I'm not 100% well ready to sign off on them because I have like ourselves, my own Amazon business. We bought something there 
there was an IP counterfeit claim complaint. Like, no, here's the receipt. It's legitimate. And they, they came back, the brand owner came back and said, actually, no, you've got counterfeit goods. Oh, wow. And they proved that it was counterfeit goods. <laughs> and they let us off the hook. Okay. But, you know, you can find those like, you know, the TJ Maxxes and those kind of like in-between gray areas. We're not going to say yes. We're not going to say no. We're going to say be super careful because you can see stuff. They will buy liquidation pallets and put them on their shelf. They will get, you know, last year's closeout, whatever deals. And it's great for eBay. It's great for Facebook Marketplace, for Amazon, where, the you know, there's teams of lawyers watching everything. You, you really want to be careful with like, you know, I wouldn't build my whole business around Ollie's. Let's just put it that way. Long term. It could start to come back on you. But there's some great stuff there too. And 98% of the time, you're going to be just fine. Uh, and that's one guy's take. But I think Jeff Schick, our community lawyer slash Amazon policy expert, we're pretty much on the same page there. He's not going to say, avoid that store. But he will say, be very cautious. Yeah, absolutely. About that, you know, that kind of, and you can tell when you're in a closeout liquidation type environment yeah. versus a legitimate retailer you know, big brand names, all new, shiny, nice rows on the shelf, same stuff in the same place every time you go in the store. You know, that's the super safe. That stuff's 100% safe across the board yeah. to build your business on. So and, my, and there's replens everywhere. Yeah, and I've I've found, come to find that. And I haven't done a lot of shopping at Ollie's since. I was actually in there the other day. But there's one thing I get there that's a decent seller. It's And it's I would say it's it's not questionable to me that it's, it's name brand. So it's a shampoo item and yeah. you know, it sells really well. So my first couple of items before I even knew about Keepa, I mean, I heard people saying it, but I'm like, I'm like, what are all these lines? What are all these dots? What is going on yeah. here? I didn't know how to read it. Do I need so, a medical degree to look at this chart? Yeah. A lot of people yeah. see Keepa, yeah. they're intimidated. I think they need to be a math expert or something to, to interpret it. Yeah. So now it's, you know, you look at it and you get, you know, you know what you're looking for. You're looking mm -hmm. for the lifeline you're looking for the drops you're looking for the you know the nice steady price action but then i didn't know that so i do have a couple of mistake items that are still sitting there some of them are actually about to get returned because i'm, I'm just taking them out of the inventory it's only a handful of things maybe i'd say 12 items total one of them a complete shot in the dark i, I bought like eight of them not knowing what it was, I knew nothing about it, and it looked good on. I thought it looked good on whatever I was using at the time because it wasn't Keepa, mm -hmm. and uh, I bought them and sent them in, and they all sold fairly quickly. And it was actually a, it was weird because it was a listing that Amazon was also on, but I didn't know about competing with Amazon at the time. I didn't know how that worked, but Amazon was, they were hopping on and off the listing very quickly, like several times a week, and their price would fluctuate from like $70 to $30. And mine just stayed at like a constant 68 or 69. And they all sold eventually. It took like three or four weeks, but it was like really weird. Like Amazon was like jumping in and then I didn't know how to explain it or anything about it, but I just let it ride and it, yeah. it worked. There's so, a lot of opportunity there actually. in those, uh, if Amazon's kind of coming and going, running out of inventory, because what they're doing is they're really juicing that ASIN. They sell out, they go order more, they bring it in. And that ASIN just gets rises in the ranks. It's getting a lot of attention and Amazon's out of inventory on a regular basis. I love to see those keeper graphs where I've got a little chunk of orange and then nothing, then orange, then nothing, then orange, then nothing. It's saying like, hey, Amazon is just selling through their inventory faster than they can order and get it on the shelf. I'm just going to sit there like you just did. Perfect example. They're selling it all day, every day at $30 until they run out. I'm sitting up here at 68 bucks waiting for them to run out. I'll sell my handful a month. <laughs> That's a great replanation. So 
sometimes people say, oh, if you see Amazon anywhere, that means you stay away, right? No. If Amazon has been completely fully stocked for the last two years, yeah, I'm probably going to stay away from that ASIN typically because they can buy in bulk cheaper than I'll ever be able to. But if they're in and out, in and out, in and out, and that's the pattern, that's a gold mine, man. That is a gold mine waiting to happen for sure. And you mentioned Keepa as well, just in case there's any new listeners, go listen to podcast episode number 369 at silentgym.com. We'll tell you what Keepa is, why it's important, why you need it, why it's the foundational tool that's better than any other Amazon seller tool out there, especially for those who are doing the replens model, which is what hundreds of our success story interviews have been on this podcast. They're all grounded with keep basic Keepa knowledge. Don't be intimidated by the tool. That's what we teach. In our courses and content. But all right, man, let's keep it going, Jason. I'm loving your story, man. It sounds like you found a few winners. You got some momentum. You seem to be pretty excited about your business. Yeah, so far. I just wanted to touch on the Keepa. So that's the yeah. only episode that I've actually rewound and, and listened to just because you said it, you know, 40 times. I so mention it all the time. I listen to that one and just to see well, what's this hype about after I'd already known what a Keepa was and been using it a while. It was, it was a good episode for the, you know, the beginner. It is. So let's see from there. So I didn't know about replens when I was at that point at the, the you know, the Ollie's in the very beginning. And then that's when I found the, the, the book and then the group. And I'm like, oh, so I can just go buy stuff at Walmart and sell it. If, you know, and then of course, you know, I do, I, I go to Walmart and I'm scanning barcodes, so <laughs> scanning barcodes, but using the Amazon seller app, by that time I had found a, a tool called seller amp, which has been, I think, Keepa and SellerAmp are probably the only two tools that I really use on a daily basis. Yeah, and, and SellerAmp you know, integrates Keepa data too, so yeah. it's kind of a shortcut. You're kind of paying for Keepa when you buy SellerAmp, but it has a lot of features. We'll stick a link. I think they've got a special deal for our listeners. Can't remember it's either discount or special trial offer or something. There'll be a link in the show notes. It's our affiliate link, so we get a couple bucks I think if you use it. But there's a special deal there. But you have heard a lot of people lately really enjoying it, but it's the Keepa data that gives it its power. It's just a really nice user interface though with SellerAmp is what a lot of people really like. Yeah, it drains your phone battery really fast, but it's- Yeah, it's, it's a lot going on. It's invaluable. <laughs> so like I started scanning the barcodes with the Amazon Seller app and then also doing the scanning the picture thing, which only the Amazon Seller app does. And then uh, quickly found out that you don't see all the you don't see all the ASINs that you need. But in SellerAmp, it actually, I, I, at least I think, when you scan a UPC, it does show you not only the listing that has the UPC attached to it, but it does show you other listings that are similar that, are, that could be multi-packs or, or related. Other related, yeah, it does a little bit of digging for you. Yeah. It's not as, no, no, no digging is as good as sitting down like you're a shopper on amazon.com and plugging in a brand and just scrolling. And do the same thing on your phone because the Amazon Shopper app on your phone is very different. Amazon.com on your phone is different than Amazon.com on your desktop. So there's three different ways you can just kind of scroll through. But SellerAmp and a handful of other tools do what you just described. If you scan the barcode, it's not just going to give you that one item. It's going to give you a handful of other similar related just to kind of kickstart your, your brainstorming and your, your, your bumping around Amazon, which is a lot of what the replans method is. It, uh, it, it involves a lot of intuition and kind of knowing what you're looking for as you scroll down the page, looking for those overpriced, fast-moving ASINs, for example, and then beginning to sell against them alongside the other sellers. So you're developing some instincts there, it sounds like, uh, as you're starting to do your research. Yeah, so I started out with with those. And then 
as I was listening to the podcast and then the Facebook group, they're like, why are you scanning barcode? You need to be typing these things in. So, mm-hmm. and I literally spent, I think one like evening, like maybe four hours on like the, the canned goods slash like um, condiment aisle of Walmart. And I'm just started at the top and started typing stuff in and going down the list. I uh, didn't find anything. Uh, actually, I think I found one, but I was gated in it. So I couldn't sell it. So that was my first experience with that. So speaking of, of being gated, um, I guess you'll probably explain that after I say this, how you always do. But I was able to get ungated in, once I learned all about it, I was able to get ungated in grocery and gourmet food uh, immediately through my invoices through Coca-Cola. So I just nice. sent those in, I, you know, a little jumpstart there. So I had that whole category, which helped a little. But as most people say, don't worry about getting ungated because it's just going to happen. So now you literally click two buttons, you know, five months in, you click two buttons, you do a couple check boxes, put your email address in and 90% of the time you're ungated. Yeah. Uh, and yep. if it doesn't ungate you, you just go to the next ASIN. Right. So. Right. And yeah. And as you, because you've listened to a few episodes recently, you know, anytime someone says gating, I know that's a big buzzword. That's a big excuse that a lot of people use to say, oh, this is more complicated than I thought it would be. It's one of those challenges that you'll have as a new seller for a month or two, and then it will never be a challenge to you ever again. And like riding your bike, yes, you're going to wreck a couple times. Get through that, you're going to be good to go. So there's a handful of categories. We mentioned them so many, so often, I've pretty much got it memorized at this point. But the safest categories to jump into as a new seller, where you're going to experience the least amount of gating are pet supplies, not pet food arts and crafts, home goods, kitchen, that sort of thing, housewares, and I'm forgetting one. Uh, I said arts and crafts. What's the other one? Uh, Sports and outdoors. Sports and outdoors. But then very quickly, after you've sold 30 or 40 items in those categories, where so much is ungated, it's it's pretty wide open for most new sellers. Uh, You can get into food very quickly. And then, like you said, Anytime you run into being gated, you just say, hey, I'd like to apply to be ungated. Click the button. Congratulations, based on your sales history, you're approved. Yay, go sell that item. It's really not a complex thing. And I I cringe when I hear people paying $600 or $1,200 or buying a course about getting ungated. It's like, no, don't do that. It's just a matter of selling a few items and the gates fall open for you. But yeah, thanks for bringing that up as a, you know, because we have a lot of new listeners who listen to this and like they're trying to anticipate some of those challenges they're going to hit. And uh, that's maybe a good chance for me too, to point out, did you jump into a kickstart group by any chance, Jason? I did, but I didn't follow through with it. So. You didn't take advantage of it? Because that's I, one of the things that they, you know, it's, it's a one-time $40 fee. We group a bunch of proven Amazon course students together, give them one of the best coaches on our team. They meet four times over Zoom to go through some of these basics. Here's what's going to happen. As you're new, there's a lot of little things you got to learn, a little boxes you got to check. One time, and you'll never have to worry about it again. But these are just things that got to be done. Um, so that's one of the things that we cover in the Kickstart. Is I would absolutely recommend it for people who were just getting started. I was slightly, slightly more advanced at that point in time, and I, I was like, well, let me go spend my time doing this while they're they're setting up their account, and I'm over here sourcing products. So I'm just sure. I'm I'm at another stage, but there's nothing absolutely against it whatsoever. I think it's a great idea. And then I think one of your podcasts, you uh, you mentioned that those master, those, those, those automatically, not automatically, those groups organically turn into mastermind groups. They do. Yeah, we didn't anticipate that when we started it, but we've done maybe 30 kickstart groups at this point, maybe more. And it, it, they launch every seven to 10 days or so. We've been doing it for several months. 
And we have noticed that, you know, because they each get their own Facebook group and they all get each other's contact info, most of the groups continue meeting on their own well after and just love the relationships and the camaraderie and, you know, the, the challenge of the challenge and encouragement of just kind of taking the process together as a group, because it can become a very lonely business very quickly. And, and that can slow you down just psychologically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, doing stuff alone is just so much harder. <laughs> than- That's where I regret not uh, fulfilling the, uh, the, the commitment to it just because I missed out on the opportunity to potentially make those connections, which now a couple months down the road are realizing how beneficial they could be. So, and that's one of the reasons we're going to the conference. I, I'm literally dragging my wife to it, kicking and screaming, but she's... Oh, uh, she'll be glad uh, she came. That's what she, I told her. She's not very entrepreneurial, I take it? Uh, she, she's very supportive. Sure. And well, it she, sounds like, a lot like my spouse. And we can talk about that a little bit. Like who should bring their spouse? What's the experience going to be like for the non-entrepreneur spouse? Uh, but I want to talk about the, the mastermind thing too, because as a, you're a VIP... We talked about this before we started recording. You, you got a VIP ticket, which means you're going to be in the group of people. At this point, I think we've got 170, 180 VIP attendees. We've got about 500 people coming total at this point. But the people who come VIP, there's going to be a session that I'm going to lead, and you will have taken surveys before the event. We're going to break you into mastermind groups of other people who are taking their business seriously. They, they're getting some momentum. They want to be in a group of others that they can encourage and who can encourage them and spur each other on the iron sharpens iron type of thing. We're going to be very intentional at the event to launch those groups and equip you guys to continue meeting together on a regular basis to, to help build each other's businesses. I, I'm really excited to do that. We've never done anything like that before. I can't wait for that session. But let's talk about your wife coming to the conference. Of course, um, Jason and I are talking for the listener's sake. We're talking about The Proven Conference, July 6th through 8th, 2023. The website is three words, theprovenconference.com. There's a link in the show notes. But if you've got a non-entrepreneurial, non-business-minded, non-e-commerce-minded spouse, absolutely plan to bring them. For one, it's just a nice break, get away, enjoy the city. Columbus is beautiful. Come a couple days early, stay a couple days late. It's right around July 4th. Many people are going to celebrate the 4th right there in Columbus coming in early uh, because the event is the 6th through the 8th, but our room block is extended several days before and after the event. So you're paying 130 something dollars per night for $300 a night rooms. Great venue, great event. But there's going to be sessions at the event where even an unregistered spouse or partner or business partner, whoever's with you, if they're not into the business, they can attend these sessions. My wife leads, it's a very popular session. It's how to have an entrepreneurial household, what it's like to run a business under the same roof where you do life and you do marriage and you'd have, if you know, for us, we homeschooled, answering to some of those questions of what the reality is, being married to that entrepreneur who's always dreaming up those crazy ideas and working all hours of the day. And we've navigated that. That's been our reality for 20 years. It's always a great session. And she doesn't have to register to attend that. Although if she is registered, she can attend all the sessions. Obviously, it's 40 sessions over three days. But the ones with my wife are wide open to anybody to attend, even if they don't have a ticket. So there's my little pitch for, yeah, absolutely bring your spouse. And I think she'll have a great time. I think she'll really resonate. You know, my wife is not entrepreneurial at all. She's very artistic. And they have a good time kind of making fun of the crazy entrepreneurs in that session. And they some lifelong friendships have formed out of that. Uh, because we do put our spouses through a lot as entrepreneurs. We take them on a pretty crazy ride, roller coaster ups and downs and celebrations and defeats. And we kind of live day to day based on our numbers sometimes. And that can drive 
espouse crazy. <laughs> yeah, the your wife's the one of the reasons she's coming. So your you, I guess you had a podcast episode. So since I'm listening to him backwards, I don't remember which one it was, but there was one where your wife might have been on. I can't remember. And then, or you talked about that particular session where mm. they make fun of, you know, entrepreneurs and it's really lighthearted and anybody can come. I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to get her to come with me. She's going to go to that. And then she's going to be like, oh, okay, this, this, this is, this, this works. Let's do this. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And she was like, well, then what am I going to do the rest of the time while you're in the other sessions? I'm like, I don't know, get your nails done or, or something or go, you know, there's hang plenty out. to do. Go it's a beautiful, Columbus. safe downtown. Yeah. And the opening session each day is one that she'd probably enjoy. It's a more general, very welcoming for new sellers, as well as people who are just considering it, as well as, you know, maybe family that's there that isn't necessarily doing the business. They're just kind of there supporting. Our, our general sessions are open to anyone as well. Our morning, the first session each day, it's the breakout sessions where you got to have your name badge and be registered. But the general sessions in the morning and my wife's sessions are going to be just wide open. For well, that's what um, I didn't want her to miss some of that stuff. So once I got her to commit to go, I'm like, okay. So I went ahead and bought us both regular general admission tickets. And then, then I, we were talking about it. And then I was explaining to her the difference between that and the VIP. And then the, the massive discount you get being a pack course member uh, sold us right into the VIP tickets. So I was nice. I contacted the office and I got those upgraded because nice. she didn't wanting around Columbus without me. So now she has the ability to attend all the same sessions. And then of course, yep. Free in, in really nice lunches as well. That's right. A couple a couple lunches uh, during the three days right there on site in a room right next to the main ballroom where we're going to be in the morning. So yeah, she'll she'll find plenty to do. She'll pro- I'm sure she'll find some other people like, hey, you guys want to go to the zoo? Like, let's let our nerdy entrepreneurs do their thing. They've got a beautiful zoo in Columbus. Awesome. Uh, so plenty. Loves you know, animals. Middle of summer should be should be a really nice time yeah. for those who aren't in the sessions. So bring your family. Absolutely. This is a family friendly. You're going to see a lot of kids. You'll see 10 year olds with business cards at this thing, man. It's crazy. You got a lot of homeschool entrepreneurial families and a lot of kids building their businesses. We got a teenager coming from Canada. You know, we're trying to figure out the visa issues, you know, getting him into the country and getting his hotel room and he's built a beautiful business. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun crowd. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So we're, we're going to drive up. We're in Virginia, central Virginia. So we're going to drive up and, uh, pass through Pennsylvania and do some stuff while we're there on the, on the way in. So nice. It'll, it'll be a long weekend. So looking forward. That's to That's great, man. See, so, yeah, I'm so glad she's coming. What's her name, Jason? Cynthia. Cynthia. All right. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing you guys in July. Yeah. All right, man. Let's, well, let's keep your story going. How's, uh, how's your business doing, man? Share with us some numbers or some of the products that you're selling without creating any competitors for yourself. You know, yeah. how's business? I've learned not to do that. So, so after I, I started with those initial you know, one-offs or onesies, twosies. And, and then I got into the replans. And then that's when I started really finding stuff. And I, I think I found probably 80% of my products through the storefront stalking through Celeramp. It makes it, mm-hmm. Celeramp has an interface that makes it really easy on the website to click and look through somebody else's store. And it puts the keepograph right there. And I've probably found the majority of them right through there. I've probably found... So I hate to say this, but I so I went in deep with a bunch of tools in the beginning, which I probably didn't need. I actually just canceled tactical arbitrage yesterday because I'm not ready for it, and I'm going to use that money for Jeff Schick instead. <laughs> so, but I haven't nice. gotten, I haven't gotten to him yet, so I'll uh, I'll be signing up with him. But um, I, I probably found having tactical arbitrage for about two months. I probably found 
maybe 10 products. It wasn't, they weren't fast and furious. Like I thought they were going to be, and there was more work involved and I found it easier to just sit and dig through somebody's storefront and then down the rabbit trails and find, you know, this product or that product. Mm -hmm. And I I found that to be easier for me at the point where I'm at. And then I I told you I'd gone through some of the wholesale stuff because I want, I'm looking at potentially doing some of that, but I'm not quite there. Oh, and the other the other major reason that we're going to the conference is because I want to open up a prep center, and I don't know anything about it. I don't know how inventory labs integrates. I don't. I know how I do my prep. I bought mm-hmm. a little shed and I do my prepping out there. So, but I have aspirations of doing that. So I want to do the session at the conference where yep, learn all about that. And that's yeah. one of the breakout sessions that's planned. It's going to be great. We've got content coming as well for proven Amazon Core students and for the whole community. How to open a prep center? It's a much it's a highly in-demand service because you think of all the international students in our community, even they all have to use a prep center. They can't receive the inventory that they buy online because they don't want to ship it overseas and then ship it back to the United States. So a prep center receives their inventory, gets it ready for them. There's dozens of prep centers. I'm sure you know this, Jason, prepcenternetwork.com is the website where it's a free resource for the community, dozens of them in there, but there's room for a bunch more because every one of them that's any good at all is booked up and they've, they're taking on a lot of business. So yeah, yeah a good add-on business model for sure. And you also mentioned Jeff Schick. I'll stick a link to his services in the show notes today. He's a great sponsor of this show. He's our in-house, not an in-house, but he's our favorite lawyer and policy Amazon policy expert that serves this community. The bulk of his clients are from this community is my understanding. So he loves this community and he's going to be at our conference. He's going to have some sessions there as well. A great investment for sure to put him on retainer for a few dollars a day. And then he handles all your... IP complaints, legal issues. You get a funny letter you don't know what to do with. Just pass it all over to him. Account health services and stuff. Yeah, he's phenomenal. So I've only had one IP complaint and that was completely my fault. I bought a product at at Ollie's. Funny, you mentioned that. But it was my fault for... I. It was the same exact identical product. It was probably just some Chinese private label, but mm-hmm. it was, you know, two people can buy the same product and put their private label on it. So I had this thing that looked completely identical down to the markings on the back. So I listed that under, before I knew at the time that you couldn't, you know, just jump on like a private label listing. And then it took less than six hours to have that deleted. Uh, It was a IP complaint without a test by the listing was deleted. It showed up Mm -hmm. in my seller. I'm like, Oh no, what have I done here? What's going on? So luckily I was able to get past that and acknowledge it. And it didn't have an impact on my account. But, you know, lesson learned there. The only other IP complaints I've had were people coming through uh, the Amazon buyer messages with the formatted, templated things that, you know, don't necessarily look real. And yeah, 99% of the time, it's something you throw in the trash. But it's great to have Jeff Schick just take a look at those anyway and advise you. So you've got a lawyer slash Amazon policy expert and his team helping you make those decisions. So that's why I decided to cancel tactical arbitrage and move that money over to him. So that's that's happening this week, hopefully. So let's see, we, we're going to talk about uh, numbers. Yeah, sure. So, you're willing to share. Yeah. So this is, uh, let's see, all this came out of Sellerboard. So I, I'm using Sellerboard, but that doesn't, I haven't input any of the expenses in the Sellerboard. So these numbers don't account for any of my tools, you know, boxes that I bought, packages, gotcha. like that. So let's see, January, we had total sales of $901 and a profit of $100. Mm-hmm. 
margins of 11% and ROI of 24. So that's my very first, it was a half month, just getting started, researched none of the products. It was straight off the shelf and the numbers show that it was not necessarily a great month. But you you see month over month, things kind of start improving a little bit. So uh, February, I did 35.50 in sales with $463 in profit. Uh, That was 13% margin and a 32% ROI. Uh, in March, this is where it starts getting a little better because I discovered the pack and the replans and all that. So 8300 in sales. Uh, this is my favorite because my profit was 1776 It's a, a good year, 1776 Mar- Margins were 21 that month and ROI creeped up to 51. Nice. And in April, so I hadn't expected to do that much in March only because I this 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 will feed into one of my tips I have later, but some packages got lost or damaged at Amazon, probably three or $400 worth of inventory. So I'm like, oh, well, that's going to mess me up going forward. It's just going to, it's going to derail feeding the beast. And then I'm not going to, my numbers are going to look worse. So I didn't even expect to do that, those numbers in March, but March, I um, more than doubled. I went to 8,300 and the 1776 and then April, just shy of 10,000 at 9,400 with a $2,500 profit with margins at 26 and ROI at 74. So that nice. that middle of February to middle of March is when I found started finding the replans and the courses and I started finding the higher ROI products to get those in. Man, that that is a tremendous and just as importantly, very sustainable trajectory. Yeah. that you've got. January, February, March, April. Here we are in May of 2023. You give us a four-month snapshot about halfway through. You discovered our courses and content, start applying some of the things you're learning and your numbers shot up. If you continue on this trajectory, you can see very clearly it's a safe bet. You keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing, you know, some of these replans are going to slowly fade away. Many of them are going to be with you for a while. You keep adding to your list of replans. You're going to have a fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollar a month business operating at twenty, twenty five percent net. You know, you got to take out your other expenses, obviously, but that's a great part time gig that you can start to automate. You can put virtual assistants in place to do a lot of the day to day activities. Suddenly, you're stepping back, and you've got this machine, this silent sales machine, right? You've got this machine. That's just cranking out the profits. That's the trajectory that you're on. Well done, man. Uh, that's pretty humble beginnings. I appreciate the transparency. Nine hundred dollars in sales, only made a hundred bucks. Yeah. Bumped, you know, bumped your head and stubbed your toe, and that's just a few months ago. And now you're hitting ten thousand. And it, it feels like it was yesterday, but like the, all the months are merging together. And it's like, like I told you before, like it's, it's a big thing, and it doesn't feel like an accomplishment to me. But I step back and look at other people's stories, and yeah, it's huge. You know, listening to their stories on the podcast mm-hmm. I feel like I don't feel like I'm part of that it's just it's hard to explain no because you're aware of how much work went into yeah. it how many hard questions and how many times you guessed and how many times you used your instinct and you were wrong and yeah. <laughs> it's just like I kind of earned more than this I think at this point we all kind of feel that way with our businesses but then suddenly we hit that curve you know it's this slow build and then it's just like boom and then it all pays off but during that slow build, it can be kind of painful. I'm like, man, this is a lot of work. I mean, I have a lot of questions. But then once you hit that curve and suddenly for far less effort, you're seeing far greater results. That's what we call it kind of like the light bulb moment when it all makes sense. It's like, okay, wait, if I can find a handful of ASINs a day that are good replans, I've got a $50,000 a month business within a few months. Assuming I 
don't make any stupid decisions along the way and think that I'm smarter than the system. That's really it. <laughs> That's it, man. And you can automate every piece of it. That's the trajectory that you're on. So you're doing I, it. I, I hear you always use the term bullish. So that makes me think that you're a stock market guy. So I relate that to, you know, the parabolic, you know, mm-hmm. the stock just goes parabolic. It's just trending along. And then one morning at 945, it just yep. straight up. So yep. yeah, so, uh, May I've done, uh, we're halfway through May and I've done 5,700 in sales with 1,600 in profit. Nice. Um, and the forecast is uh, through seller board is just over 11,000 in sales with the 3,070 profit for for, for May. Again, minus the tool, yeah. which I'm streamlining. That's a 30, 35% net. Yeah. Right? 29, I think 29 or something like that. Wait, 29? Yeah. Tremendous, man. And you got to take out your tools and your your other expenses, obviously, but that's still a nice net profit. I can tell you, man, just being around e-commerce for 20 years, the vast majority of people out there trying to make something happen will never see the numbers you just described ever in their business. it, It almost doesn't feel real only because I'm literally fitting it in wherever I can. Yeah, like fitting it into the cracks is what we say around here. The cracks. Like this yeah. morning, I got off at the firehouse at 9 a.m. I was there overnight as a volunteer. I'm the assistant chief. And then on the way home, I picked up some stuff to get to rush here to get on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then late tonight, you know, I'll do my real job here once I get off with you, which is work from home. And then um, I might go out into the apiary and take care of my bees. I got like 20 colonies right outside this window. Awesome. Very, very busy. And then tonight, I'll be outside in the shed, you know, packing some products and getting a shoot. Do some prepping, maybe send the box in later this week. And, you know, Amazon receives that a week or two from now. And yeah, and then that's turned into cash a month or so from now, starting, you know, three weeks to a month or so from now, you start seeing that return back. Yeah, that's the churn. And I think think probably, I'd say 60 to 70% of my products are all right now coming from retail arbitrage. Mm. And then the rest are online arbitrage but probably still coming from the same stores where I could go get them, but I'm having them shipped because they don't have them in stock or, right. you know, stuff like that. I've only got a handful of things where I've actually gone out to, you know, websites I've never heard of and actually purchased stuff, which you have to be careful by the way. <laughs> so one product I was, I was sourcing, it was a, a lava lamp and I found it on Amazon and it had a handful of sellers. I'm like, Oh, this looks great. I can make like $12 per. And then I, on seller ramp, I hit the little Google button to search for the uh, product. And I'm looking at the top, you know, here it's $22 here. It's $36 here. It's like $12. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to click on that. So I clicked on the $12 one and looks like a perfectly normal website. And, you know, I went all the way through and I put them in my cart. They're like, Oh, we'll ship it out here and here and here. And, you know, my full-time job, I'm in IT. So I know about web security, but this website fooled me. So I put my credit card information in and I pressed submit. Nothing happened. On my end, nothing happened, but I they got my credit card information. But I guess the website was designed to stop right there, making me think nothing had happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then like two days later, yeah, you know, I, I banked with Navy Federal. They got, you know, they got in touch with me and said, oh, somebody is trying to, it was like, Dallas, Texas, like at a IHOP or something. Somebody's trying to use your your card. I'm like, oh, like that's that's not that's not correct. And so I thought back to that website. I'm like, that was kind of fishy. And so then I went back and checked, and there's there's websites that you can go to 
to check the, the, the legitimacy of other websites. Right. I typed in this website into that website and then all the reviews and all the, that they're trying to get your credit card information. Right. So if you're doing that and you're sourcing, be careful. And uh, I think Great the rule tip. of thumb is if, if the website accepts PayPal, it's probably safe. But other than that, it's probably not is, is the general rule that I've. Hmm. That's, I like that. Another good, easy way to do it too is you can go to the manufacturer of the product that you're getting ready to buy and say, yeah. hey, is this a legitimate site selling your inventory? And they'll know. Yeah. They'll, they may even have a list on their website. So whatever the brand name of that lava lamp is, you go to their website and you can send an email. It may take a day or two for them to get back yeah. to you. Like, hey, is this website a legitimate source? And they go, oh no, please don't ever buy from them. Those guys are scammers. We're trying to get them shut down. You know, they'll tell you. Yeah. It's easy, you know, just do that extra step of, that's what Jeff Schick recommends as well as, you know, you only want to be buying from sources. Because what you'll see a lot of times too is like the Chinese knockoffs, it looks exactly the same. Packaging looks the same. You get on one of these websites and typically it's like that ridiculous extreme low discount and it will say, you know, two week delivery. And it comes in a yellow DHL bag, right? Like red flags galore on that, man. Yeah. But when it gets there, you're like, wow, this looks legit. But you go to sell it on Amazon, you get an IP complaint. <laughs> like, okay, where'd you get this exactly? You just sold a counterfeit good, man. Yeah. So you do you do need to be careful. But those are the kind of things you learn over time. And part of the beauty of this business model is, you know, you didn't go, you didn't place an order for 80 lava lamps. Place an order for one or two. You're going to test it out. Yeah. You learned your lesson, took your lumps. You're you're better off for it now, and you're not going to make that same mistake again. What it cost you, you know, twenty I think, bucks. I think they got me for six lava lamps because I was going to get the free shipping if I bought six instead, sure. of, or pay thirty five bucks for shipping. So I'm sure. like, oh, six. But even then, your credit card company is like, yeah, we've canceled that transaction. Your money's credited back to you. You know, it's that's the beauty of using a credit card to do your shopping. The, the companies have your back. So ultimately, you know, you didn't, you weren't out that money. It was more the inconvenience yeah. and the lesson, right? Yeah, and it was a lesson, but uh, I mean, if I if I had used a different bank, uh, maybe their fraud protection wouldn't have been as you know on top of things. And yeah, maybe sure. that action at IHOP would have gone through, and nobody would have known. There's there's mm-hmm. no time. So yeah, yeah, who knows? Yeah, keep an eye on your credit card statements for sure. Yeah, go over those with a fine tooth comb. That's just basic, you know, being smart with your money. Absolutely. But I love that story. Yeah, it allows us to illustrate several good little lessons here. Don't fly blind. But what else, man? What else can you share with us? Those are some great numbers, by the way. Let's see. Another another thing that helped me boost some of those numbers, I don't recommend this uh, because it was probably an error on my part, but it paid off in the end. It's one of those gambles that I didn't know what I was getting into, but luckily it paid off. So there was, um, and I don't mind sharing the product because it's a, it was a limited time product and you can't get it anymore. I guess it was mid-March, A these little, I don't have one, it's out in the shed, these little miniature toolboxes from Cobalt went viral on TikTok. And they it was a, it was a Lowe's 25th anniversary edition. It's like just a miniature toolbox, like 10 inches long, eight inches tall, with two drawers. And they went viral on TikTok and everybody had to have them. But they weren't out yet. Lowe's wasn't supposed to put them on the floor until I think like May 8th or something. They had... okay. They had the, uh, they call them the, the skid or the powder or whatever. They just in overstock and it says don't put on the floor until May 8th. But uh, some, some lows, I guess, brought them down or people, it went viral. So people were going to the lows and they were bringing them down and they were selling them all. And I was able to buy, I probably shouldn't have done it, but I still did it. But I figured if I, if I don't sell them, I can always bring them back. 
because, you know, 30-day return policy or whatever. And they were $20 a piece. So I bought, um, let's see, what did I write down? I went back and looked. I bought like 84 of them. And they come in different colors, uh, black or blue. I bought all I could find. I drove to I drove two hours away to buy the pallets from the different lows. And I had them all stacked up in the shed. Um, I've still got one sitting next to my computer as my, my remembrance of like my beginning. And um, so I, I listened. Now, they weren't already on Amazon. Um, I tried listing them on eBay, but like it was so overcrowded mm. that there was just no interest in them whatsoever. So I created a listing on Amazon. I went through the whole process with the UPC and then verifying the manufacturer and then the brand and all this. And I listed it and I listed them for $79.99. And then they just started selling like hotcakes. I mean, just, I mean, I was shipping probably six or seven a day. Were you doing merchant fulfill? FBM from, from yeah. my shed. Yeah. Shipping them yourself. Yep. That's fantastic. Yeah, th- that stuff is out there. It, learning the game, learning the basics, getting your foot in the water. You're guaranteed to catch no fish if you don't go fishing. So yeah. learn the basics, get in the game. And yeah, you're going to find those kind of things all over the place. And yeah, maybe you went a little deeper than you should have. It could have burned yeah. you, but it didn't. Yeah. You've, you've burned through that opportunity and it's probably never going to come back again. But a lot of lessons in there. You know, typically we shy away from new sellers setting up listings of any yeah. kind. There's just so many little things that could go wrong that we don't like to see that. But for you, you gambled. And like you said, it paid off. And that's, that's great. I like to see new sellers take little gambles. Jeff Schick, if he was here, would be like, no, no, please don't take any gambles. Run it all past me first, right? But I like to see just get out there. Don't be afraid to make a few mistakes. You know, play around. You're not going to break anything. One of my favorite statistics about this community, the fact that we've taught thousands of people to sell on Amazon is you can count on one hand the number of people who've had permanent suspensions. Now, some people have had some big scares. They lost their account for a month or two, even in some cases. But eventually, it all works out and they're back in the game. Unless you're you know, just selling tons of counterfeit goods and violating all kinds of laws and Amazon policies, there's nothing anyone can do to help you there. But if you just make an innocent mistake, Amazon's typically going to slap your wrist. Don't do that again. Tell us you've got a plan of action here to avoid making that mistake again. We want you here selling. We need more sellers helping us keep our shelves full. Uh, so that gives you a little bit of a license to, to play, to have some fun. But don't take any big stupid risks. That's not what I just said. But <laughs> you know, it's, there's, there is a, a piece you can have just kind of operating and knowing that worst case scenario is I get frozen for a short time, learn my lesson, have the conversation, get Jeff Schick involved. He helps me out. We're back in business. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess the, the only other things I wanted to mention, well, I've got a couple of goals that I wanted to share. And then yeah, goals, tips, whatever else is on your mind, man. So goals and then my my next steps are things I wanted to share. Get not only your input, but help others on their journey, wherever they may be while they're listening. So, and, and the one other thing I wanted to mention was, so January 17th was my first product sold, quite literally the first one. And then May 4th is when I posted that I hit my rolling 10K over 30 days, which, like I said, it doesn't feel like a lot because, you know, it isn't, it is an accomplishment, but it just, it doesn't feel like an accomplishment. I, I don't know how to explain that, but if I, if I can do it with the little amount of time where I fit it into the cracks, then anybody can do it. And, you know, it's, it's not, you know, I'm an IT engineer. I'm not using that brain power to do mm. this. It's yeah. Just, that's an important thing to point out. Can do it. You know, anybody can jump on here and, and do this. I, I feel, you know, with, and I, I'm not even, you know, I, I looked into coaching. I talked to Deborah, 
realized it just wasn't the time for me, maybe down the road, but just through the pack course, through the Facebook group, and then through uh, Jimmy's book and some other resources, I've put this together. And I think a lot of people can do that. Not, not trying to turn people off from your coaching because the, the stories out there are amazing of what people have been able to do. I probably could have done this a little bit faster if I had gone the coaching route. But um, I just okay. yeah, coaching's not for everyone. They have different learning styles and and different different uh, budgets and different amounts of time they can commit to this thing. And yeah, we love having conversations with you. Mentioned Deborah. We got a handful of consultants in our office. You can go to silentgym.com, click on coaching, set up a call. It's a consult consultation with one of the folks on our team to help you make a good decision. But I love hearing success stories. You know, some of my favorite success stories, Jason, have been the people who have come into our community and said, "Yeah, hey, I just kind of." hung out for a couple of years and then finally started trying it. I never bought anything. Didn't pay a penny for anything ever. Never bought a course. Just listened to the podcast, hung out in the Facebook group, pieced it together over time, had a few minutes here and there. It's turned into a beautiful business. We've got a lot of testimonials that sound like that. That's great. We're thrilled. But we're here for the people who are saying, okay, no, I'm serious now. I need to get this going now. I want it to work as quickly as possible. Of course, coaching, we've got those options to help step you through it. But the opportunity is there regardless of how you pick up on these these skills. So yeah, no problem at all. Coaching isn't for everyone. We talk as many people out of it as we as we sell it to every day. Yeah. And I, I've, I've heard that time and time again. And that's that, that's one of the things that lets you know that this might be the right path and this might be real. It's not one of those, hey, where's my six or $10,000 for the course? Mm-hmm. And a garage, like you say, a garage full of private label products. And I laugh every time somebody pops into the, the group and is like, Hey, I've got a bunch of this private label stuff. Will you guys sell it for me? And yeah. Can you help me sell like, more of it? Everybody's like, Uh oh, here we go. Here we go again. Jim's going to get on his soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a keyboard shortcut response to people who come in and say, <laughs> Oh, really? Some version of what you just said. Yeah. I bought an expensive course. My garage is full of inventory. I don't know what to do with it. Can you guys help me out? Like, hey, first we want to empathize with that person. We're not making. We don't want to make them feel stupid. It's not their fault that they fell for the you know millions of dollars of of advertising tricks and gimmicks spent on convincing people that that's the only way to succeed on Amazon. They they tripped in that hole. A they lot of people find do. Even at the right time, that's the problem. Yeah, but yeah, they just they didn't find a, a community that that's that wades in nice and slow. You can you should be earning money while you're learning. If you're not doing that, you're doing it wrong. Earning money every step of the way. But I've got a keyboard shortcut response that's just like a it's a rant basically. That's my keyboard shortcut. It's my my private label rant. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know, go read this article, watch this video. You it's the equivalent of me just grabbing them by the shoulders and going, listen to me, give me 30 seconds. You made a big mistake here. Let's help others not make the same mistake. Because just, I mean, I've had people literally cry on the phone with, you know, it took them nine, 10, 11 months, a year to figure out they were just going down a rabbit hole they're never going to get out of. And they could throw more bad money after it, but they're already $50,000 in it. And they just got a bunch of stuff that's never going to sell. It's sad. And a lot of people have fallen into that trap. So yeah, yeah if, you, if you think about private label as your first adventure on Amazon, don't do it. Come hang out in our Facebook group, listen to 20 episodes of this podcast or so, and, and there's a better way. Thanks for pointing that out, Jason. Every chance I get, I think it's the biggest favor I can do the industry is to talk people out of private label if they're new. I think the, the best thing I got out of my private label um, beginning adventure was um, this tiny little battery-powered flashlight keychain thing that I got as a sample from Alibaba. <laughs> 
<laughs> still, it's on my keychain now. I still carry it with me. So right. uh, that was pretty cool. It was something I was looking at. I stumbled across it. I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to sell this. But, you know, mm. it's maybe one day, but it's yeah. just, you know, I don't have the money for that right now. And I don't, you know, if you do, I, I hope you spend more time doing research before you jump into it because I, I can't, I lost track of the podcasts where people were explaining to you about how they, some not only did it once, but did it twice before they mm-hmm. found the model. And then all the research did everything right. And then what's even worse is if you're in that 5% group that actually does start to make some money and finds a winner, you wake up one morning, six weeks in thinking you've, you're, you've, you've figured it out. You found the Holy grail, right? Money's just rolling in. Bam. Here's a competitor selling the exact same product. Looks like yours, smells like yours, suddenly has a lot more reviews. Where'd those guys come from? And they're selling it for half the price. Yeah. Like, what? So you think you're out of the competition woods because you got your own private label? No, sir. Yeah. So that's why we love like replens as the model. Then we get you into branded bundles. That's a really hard thing to compete with. A nice branded bundle using brand names, store names that we all recognize. And your branded box with some unique item, you know, a coffee mug with a quote saying you came up with with some popular coffee bags and a box, that, gift box that you designed with your company logo on it. That's the proven brand building strategy that we teach. It's one of the modules in the proven Amazon course. You can buy it separately as well at provenbrandbuilding.com. But you start to stack on these replens concepts, some of these really low hanging fruit, safe, easy to test. You know, you don't send in a thousand units. There's no minimum order quantity. You put together a couple bundles in your box and you test it out. You give it a little boost, see if you can make it work. If it works, off to the races you go. If it doesn't work, recall the inventory. You got some extra coffee and a couple mugs. You know, you only had 10 made. So you can start to see where you can start to play around on the safe edges of private label versus going all in and ordering a thousand units from Alibaba because some software tool told you you've done adequate research and you need to jump in with both feet. No, that's not how this business works. Hey, we'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I want to tell you about a way to save a nice chunk of change on all your online shopping and in-store shopping by using discounted gift cards. We've got a new sponsor on the program with a free report they want to give you, no strings attached. Go to silentgym.com slash gift cards. That's silentgym.com slash gift cards, one word. It's in the show notes as well, that link. What they do is they put together a report that shows you all the places you can go to get great discounted gift cards. And they also offer the service themselves, selling gift cards to many online sellers, our community included. So it's a pleasure to bring them on board as a sponsor. Again, the link one more time, silentgym.com slash gift cards for that free special report. Let's get back to the show. So you can start to see where you can start to play around on the safe edges of private label versus going all in and ordering a thousand units from Alibaba because some software tool told you you've done adequate research and you need to jump in with both feet. No, that's not how this business works. And, uh, I always appreciate a chance to spend some time on it because every time this, it comes up on this show, we get notes and letters from people who are this close to jumping in, or they jumped in six months ago and they're about to pour another $20,000 into trying to make it work. And like, no, put the brakes on. Don't spend bad money after, don't spend good money after bad. Pump the brakes. If I, if I didn't constantly, you know, overanalyze and research everything I do, I probably might've ended up like that. You, but, oh, you almost certainly would have. Almost certainly would have. 
you know, there's just enough success stories out there. It's kind of almost like the lottery, you know, just enough people out there saying, yeah, look, he won the $80 million lotto. So everyone go buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> no, it's kind of, it's almost that bad, uh, just as far as the odds and the number of things that can go wrong and how much money, I cringe at how much money has been wasted and spent on people pursuing that when they could have been building a nice, slow, stable business model, testing small, learning little lessons along the way, putting money in the bank as they grow and as they learn. That's yeah, the model we prefer. That's that's exactly what I'm doing right now. Every, I'm not taking a not taking a paycheck on it right now and everything's rolling back into inventory. Mm-hmm. I I reached out to uh, a crew me just to see what their program looked like. And I'm probably they have minimum requirements and you know time frame requirements. So I'm probably like two months and maybe a bit underneath their monetary number where mm-hmm. I need to, need to be able to qualify. So I think I've got something set up for them and to talk Even to them close. in July or something like that. Yeah, so. they'll be at the event. So oh, okay. be sure to track them down. Yeah, I just saw them confirm here in the past few days. They'll be with us in July at the Proven Conference. And Excellent. for those who don't know what Jason's talking about, go to silentgym.com slash funding. We've got a good handful of funding partners who love giving Amazon sellers money that they can play with to scale faster. Very specialized. You know, it's better than just putting all on an 18% credit card and hoping you can pay it off at the end of the month, right? It's more friendly terms than that. And with Accrumi, what I love about them, Jason, I'm sure you've done your bit of your homework, but they just slide you a pile of cash. There's no interest accruing. Keep it as long as you want. When you give them that pile of cash back, they get a percentage of the growth that's happened since they gave you the money. It's a pretty sweet model. Uh, if you don't grow, you just owe them your money back, right? If you kind of flatline for a while, like ah, I'm not making this money grow. And, and they're keeping an eye on it too. They're keeping an eye on your statistics. If things start to go south, you know, they're going to say, hey, you know what? You need some coaching. You need some help here. It's like someone on your team sliding you some money that's keeping an eye on your business with you. We love working with those guys. I've, I've gotten to know a few of them really, really well and very creative solution for the industry. Um, those guys and seven-figure funding, they're good. I'll stick a link to both those guys in the uh, show notes today for those who don't know what we're talking about and go research them. But uh, yeah, what else you want to talk about? Any other tips or anything else on your mind before we start to wrap this one up? Let's see. Questions for me. One of the tips I had was, uh, and this goes back to my lost shipments in the beginning, is don't use cheap boxes. Don't Mm. get the Walmart or Home Depot medium boxes. You, You can feel them. They got that little fuzzy texture on them. And the, the, not only the tape, but the stickers peel right off. I, I had a four or five boxes in the van ready to go. They sat overnight. I showed up at the UPS store to drop them off. And then like the tape was peeling off. I'm like, good Lord. Yeah. Like they must, you know, on the way to, you know, once they get on the truck, it's going to be even worse. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I attributed my loss. Now I've had a couple of times where Amazon has miscounted things because I'm a stickler. I know exactly what went in the box. And I've only at one time I've had to send them receipts to prove that this was in the box and they reimbursed me. But when the whole box goes missing, I'm like, oh, it must have been the tape fell off, or you know, one UPS actually said, hey, the box was damaged and we're gonna return the sender. I never saw that box again. I don't know what happened to it. It was like two hundred dollars worth of products. But don't use cheap boxes. The one tip for finding decent boxes in your area. So I, I happen to have a relationship with my UPS store guy. I've known him for like 15 years. I've had a box there forever. So I went in there and I bought a couple of boxes from him. He charges an outrageous price to retail customers for like a, a 20 by 15 by 15. He charges like six bucks. 
where his cost on it's like, I think 350 or something like that. Anyway, he'll sell them to me at his cost. And then um, you look on the bottom, there's a little stamp that tells you exactly where it came from. And um, so I reached out to the supplier. I didn't want to burden him and constantly buy boxes for him at cost. So I found the local supplier, which was the next town over, which I passed through three times a week. So I set up an account with them. So I buy the good non-UPS branded boxes from them. Haven't had a single shipment problem since That's I've been great. using proper boxes with proper tape. So yeah, you know, in the beginning, people are using what I guess whatever they can find, and that makes sense. You know, if you're doing mm-hmm. online arbitrage, you're getting boxes, but the ones I get from Sam's and Walmart are usually beat up by the time they get here and not even worth reusing. So great tips, man. That's the tip. Yeah. To to don't use cheap boxes and don't don't buy too many tools out of the gate. I've I've probably got at when I had Jungle Scout and everything else, I probably had four or five hundred dollars worth of tools. So I've scaled back. The only thing I'm really using on a daily basis right now is Keepa, Seller Amp, Seller Board. I have Replin Dashboard. I'm trying to learn it because I want to use it to be able to to figure out how how and when to buy and stuff, but I haven't dove too deep into that. So th- those are the four that I have. And of those, like I said, the three I use on a daily basis. But just are you using uh, Inventory Lab to prepare your shipments? No, I do it all through Seller Central. Yeah, but many people do. Yeah, as you scale, you may find it a little faster to use another tool. Yeah, there are plenty I mean, of conversations along those lines in our Facebook group. You know, you've got people that use Boxed, and you got people that use Inventory Lab. People that just use straight through Seller Central, which is free as a seller. Uh, but as you scale, you may find it a little more efficient to use a different tool. And the only reason I haven't done inventory labs is because I, I I looked and I saw how much I was spending on tools and stuff, and I'm like, well, I don't want to throw another thing into the pile yeah. here when I'm doing it. Color Central, mm-hmm. and then so right now I'm printing my own expiration stickers independently. So you'll get the a bundle will get do not separate the orange sticker, and then it'll get an expiration sticker, it'll get an FNSKU sticker. So you know, combining those into one less sticker, I think inventory labs will do is something I'm looking at maybe down the road or, or something, which will lead into my next steps, which is the um, prep center, opening my own prep center, mm-hmm. not necessarily using somebody else's. And I know that's going to be critical to know inventory labs in order to, to, to do that. So yeah. Yeah. Just and it's, not com- it's not complex. You, you'll, you'll get ramped up pretty quick. We mentioned seller board earlier, just to give them a quick shout out. Great sponsor of this program. Again, they're sponsoring the, Proven conference as well, but it's the preferred tool of choice for really knowing your numbers. You were rattling off your numbers earlier because it keeps track of all the Amazon's fees and the reimbursements and all of that. You can go in and really line by line each ASIN. You can know, is this ASIN making me money or not? What are my best ASINs? Which ones are really making me the most money? You can really make some good decisions fast if you know your numbers. Sellerboard's been with us a while now, a long time, several years. And they love this community. They've got a good deal at uh, it's silentgym.com slash numbers is the shortcut link. But I'll put a link in the show notes too. And it's pretty cheap. I think it starts at like 15 bucks a month or something like that. So there's several tools here and you don't want to let them stack up on you. But they're, for the most part, they're not expensive either. Some of the tools that cost hundreds of dollars a month. Yeah, you don't want to get into those. But I, I do know, like the example I love using, Jason, since you've introduced this topic of tools and how many you use, that sort of thing. There's a couple in our community that built a seven-figure business using Keepa and the free Seller Central app. That's it. <laughs> seven-figure replens business using Keepa 
it's seller center. That's all you need. People are like, what do you need? Like, that's all you need, really is. But as you start to say, man, I'm doing this same task over and over. Is there a way to get all this stuff printed on one sticker? Yeah, there's a tool for that. Is there a way to make my research a little faster? Yeah, there's a tool for that. So you don't buy it till you need it. Don't stack your tools thinking that's going to make your business better. Just to automate your systems. Yeah. You find yourself doing something over and over and over again? Well, that's what computers are for. Do the boring stuff for you. That's what software is for. Absolutely. Good work, man. So uh, I guess the last thing was my my goals. I guess I usually talk about those at the beginning, but I guess it doesn't. We'll, we'll squeeze them in here at the end. So my short term goal is to have a gross sales of seventy five thousand a month, and at that number, my wife or I can leave our full time job. Yeah. Uh, so and then that leads into my other goal of helping her leave her part time job or her full time job. Uh, she has to drive an hour and a half each way. Uh, and work 12 hour shifts. So, you know, it's three hours a day in the car, it's 12 hours driving, it's, you know, two on, two off, three on, three off. So it's, it's a lot of work for her when, you know, we can build a business and she can work from home. And you say two and a half hours per day? Well, uh, it's hour and a half each way. So three hours commuting and then three 12, hours commuting daily, 12 hour shift in between there. So Damn. She's, wow. she's a trooper, man. Yeah. And she's been there for, 10 no 11 years mm. yeah so we're trying to get her away from that if she wants to you know give um, her the option right yeah, absolutely and so my, my 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 ultimate reason for even starting this venture is more or less job security so my my company my full-time company has had layoffs over the last couple of years we had one recently two months ago so with the nature of the business, I think the writing's kind of on the wall. So mm-hmm. like to have a backup plan, you know? Yeah. Like, and uh, yeah. this yeah. could certainly, and, you know, the, the great thing again about one of the great things, there's many great things about this business model. I've seen multiple business models over 20 years. 90% of the time when I'm presenting and talking and teaching publicly, this podcast, creating content, I'm talking about one model of the dozens and dozens I've seen. It's this one. Because it, once you've got this and you're, you're right there, you've got it. You've, you've got proof of concept. You're on a great trajectory. You're putting money in the bank. You're fitting it into the cracks of your life. You're scaling. You can start to stack other things on top of this. Like you're qualified right now, Jason, to be an Amazon consultant to brands and businesses that are trying to get on the platform. You know way more than they'll ever know. <laughs> you've got the credibility. You've got the experience. There's a revenue stream for you, right? Start yeah. thinking about branded bundles. There's a revenue stream for you, another completely new direction to go. So it's not all about scaling replans as big as you can and going all in on that. Although I do want you to stay at least 80, 85% of your time, effort, energy focused on continuing to do what you're doing, but carve out a little bit to start studying. I think branded bundles is the one, once someone's got 10, 20, $30,000 a month, yeah, it's time to start talking about branded bundles and get some of those ASINs, some of your best selling replans get them into bundled packs along with a complimentary item of some kind that's going to be virtually impossible for your competitors to get their hands on and create those bundles in your own branded box. Give it a little juice, a little pay-per-click advertising, not a lot. If it takes off, man, you got a winner. Some print-on-demand, that's another topic we're going to have at the conference, the Proven Conference. Print-on-demand, meaning... Like, you know, I've been sipping out of this mug the whole time we've been talking, you know, what if you could get these tumblers with a, a quote or a saying or a business logo or something, you know, that only you can produce because it's trademarked, it's 
associated with your brand in some fashion. And it, you either bundle that in or you sell it on its own as a gift and no one else can get their hands on it. So it's a, it's a low risk way to start to wade into the private label game. But I say all that because you know it's not just about, man, this replin thing better work out for me long-term. That's my five-year plan. It's like, yeah, that that's great. I mean, I, plenty of people are doing exactly that. And I think it's a very safe plan, but there's also many other multiple income streams you can stack around it and even get yourself off Amazon, like the consulting angle, helping other businesses get their brands on Amazon. There's plenty of people in our community. That's all they do. It's help other brands launch on Amazon. Great. We have great content and training on that. The proven product partnering module is in another module inside the proven Amazon course that has launched several very successful careers. The people who go on to just do the consulting thing as a side gig, many of them stop selling on Amazon themselves altogether, just help other people do it. Yeah. So the world's wide open, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm fitting all the pack courses that I can into the cracks is with everything else. And then yeah. we're going to see where it takes me. The bot sourcing, that's another reason we're coming to the conference. I yes. want to be the first in on that. Mm-hmm. I've signed up for the wait list. So the bot sourcing and the prep center, those are the those are the things I'm looking forward to while I scale the, the replens. Yeah, I'll stick a link to that in the show notes. It may even be launched by the time this podcast episode comes out. We're really close, but provenbotsourcing.com is, uh, well, you can go to the website and check it out, but it's a very creative way to scrape retail websites and find potentially very lucrative, profitable, test-worthy replen ASINs that one of the coaches came up with, we've tested on a good handful of our other coaches and good students on our team that kind of test stuff with us. Everybody's loving this thing, man, including my mom. <laughs> she tested and played with, loved it. She helps run my Amazon business. But yeah, we're super excited about that. We're just uh, creating the content right now. And some of it's going to be pre-recorded because it involves online demonstration of tools and such. We've learned not to do internet-based demonstrations in front of a live audience ever, unless you absolutely have to, because something will go wrong. (laughs) We're recording that content right now, and that thing's going to bounce out pretty soon. But uh, yeah, thanks for giving that a shout out. Anyone can get on the early bird wait list, and we'll have a great price discount on that content when it pops out. But um, it's been great hanging out with you, Jason. I love your story, man. Looking forward to meeting, uh, you said, was it Cynthia? Is that what you said? Cynthia, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to meeting you guys in July. It's going to be a great time. We'll be there. We're staying at the at the Hilton. Yeah. 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 It's a beautiful hotel, man. A lot of brand new facility in that place for us as well. So I've never been more excited about the room rate. Sounds like a geeky thing to get hyped up over, but 139 bucks a night for this place is a steal. It's yeah. phenomenal. So super excited you guys are going to join us. All right, man. Well, unless there's anything else on your mind, I think I'm going to talk to the community for a second. Wait, did you get through your list? You got anything else for me? That's all I've got. Until all right, time. buddy. Appreciate it, man. Right, thanks, well, Jeff. thanks for hanging out with Jason and I today. The listeners who spent some time with us today, you gave us a great gift. You gave us some of your time, and we always appreciate that around here. It means that uh, we're providing value that you hung out with us this entire time. If you want to hear a bunch of other episodes like this, different stories, people facing different challenges, making mistakes, the tools they're using, the inventory they're selling, how they're finding it. That's what our podcast is all about. We've got hundreds of episodes like the one you just heard with Jason today. And you can just scroll back in time, go to silentgym.com. Dozens of recent episodes, a whole bunch from the past few years. I think perhaps more impressingly, if you get into our free Facebook group, there's a link at silentgym.com to that as well. You'll see about 1,700 tagged posts 
of people saying, hey, I hit a new benchmark. Like that's how we found Jason today. I believe he said, he posted, hey, I hit my first 10,000 rolling 30 days, guys. And everyone celebrates with him. And I reach out and say, how do you feel about maybe being a guest on the podcast, sharing your story? And those who agree and say, yeah, sure, why not? That's where our episodes come from. We're very proud of that here. So if you want to see more validation that what we teach here works, I encourage you to check out some more episodes or get into our Facebook group and plan to come to our conference in July, The Proven Conference. Even if you're brand new to selling on Amazon, you've never sold anything online before, we're going to have plenty of classes, breakout sessions just for those who are really new trying to figure all this out. We have stuff for very advanced sellers as well. Everything in between. Get over to the website, theprovenconference.com to see a breakout of all the sessions that we're going to offer over the three days. But Jason, one last time, man. Truly was a pleasure. Thank you. I know you're a busy guy with a lot going on. Appreciate your time. You did a great job today, buddy. Thanks. I appreciate it. It's good getting to know you a little bit. And to all the listeners out there, the business building warriors, that means you. I'm talking to you. You're building a business. Thank you for hanging out with us today. God bless you. We're praying for your success. We're rooting for you. We're in your corner. We want you to succeed. We are not your competition. We're fellow warriors on a similar journey, and we want to do this together. So keep checking in. Hey, leave us a review. iTunes, YouTube, that kind of thing. Five stars, thumbs up. We always appreciate those so much. And we'll have another great episode for you again very soon. Talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.